This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Fiorentino and we are the great ones. Today is March the 10th of 2016. It's our 21st show. Andrew, we've reached the age of majority. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, I thought, you know, we're heading into the stretch drive for the playoffs and I noted that there's been a, a significant number of roster shuffling moves across the league post-trade deadline and I thought we might take a look at a few of them. There's a bunch of names that, that I want to draw out, draw out your opinion and see uh, how we feel about these guys as potential ads uh, down the stretch for fantasy league players? What do you think? Yeah, let's uh, let's get it started. Uh, go for it. All right. Well, Shoot. in an- in Anaheim, on the first line, Nick Ritchie uh, finds himself with the plum assignment uh, going forward. Andrew, he's the tenth overall pick from the 2014 amateur draft. This is a guy I had my eye on because he fits that profile that I've talked about very often as my favorite, the prototypical power forward type guy. And he's got a pretty good uh, situation in terms of line mates going forward. Yeah, they say that, that Richie is uh, getting to get some first line ice time. And, you know, he's gotten some time, I think, alongside uh, Ryan Getzlaff there. But he's not playing a lot of minutes yet. So far, just one point in 23 NHL games. Uh, I'm not sure how much fantasy owners are going to get out of him this year. I just think he might be a guy that you look at and, and see what he does in that audition, and maybe he's a, a good candidate for a stash uh, possibility if you've got deep rosters going into next season. He looks like he's going to get a, a bit of a cameo now, and I expect that to translate very well given the situation that you described. First line minutes with the captain over there, the team's flying, they're scoring a lot of goals, and I think he's going to get caught up in that uh, eventually. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, you know, at, at six foot two, two thirty two, uh, he's he's a bruiser. You can see that in his stat line. He's got a, a good amount of uh, penalty minutes, although most of them came in one game, uh, averaging almost three hits a game. So uh, leagues that count those kind of categories, uh, you can definitely find some use for him, especially with the the potential for some offensive upside. And and Andrew, I move on to another player. I want your opinion on. I I invoked the sidekick theory that I talked about uh, a couple of times earlier in the season, just to remind our listeners. Where I look is for players who get the the primo assignments against top-end players, stars of their teams, uh, although these players might be lesser lights uh, working with them. And and, uh, Connor Murphy in Arizona fits that mold very, very well. 
he's become the regular playing part, partner of Oliver Ekman Larson, and that has meant a significant spike in his playoff playing time in recent weeks, working with one of the most prolific offensive defensemen in the league. Yeah, uh, Murphy is not the most exciting prospect that you'll you'll run into. He was a first round pick, but uh, hasn't shown a, a ton as far as I'm aware, uh, as far as offensive ability in, in the minor leagues, uh, even in juniors. So, uh, you know, it might be a situation where you know he's a big guy, uh, the kind of guy you, you might count on to to clear the crease and, and keep a, a Louis Domingue safe from uh, opposing uh, offensive threats. Uh, as opposed to a guy who maybe comes along on, on a whole lot of Ekman Larson's offense. Yeah, to your point, he's not been the biggest scorer, but he's seen career highs in playing time, and, and the, min, the points is a modest 15 points so far this year. I just see that the potential to play with Ekman Larson gives this guy a chance to be on the ice for more than a 23 minutes a game, and uh, as, the, as the Coyotes are becoming a little bit more prolific offensively, He's just going to pick up some helpers uh, just by being on the ice with, with some of the uh, top-end talent that they offer, and uh, he'll get the chance to play a few minutes on the power play. He's getting a bit of a look-see, and I expect that to increase as he gets his confidence and his feet wet in this uh, opportunity with Ekman Larson. Yeah, it's got to stay involved. And uh, over in Boston, uh, I, I highlighted at the trade deadline, I like this pickup of Lee Stempniak, and he's moved right into the first line with the Bergeron and Marchand, Andrew, and he's picked up a point a game pace, including an overtime winner the other night. So he looks like uh, he's made good on, on di- early dividends uh, from that deadline deal, and uh, I knew, know the Bruins have to be pleased with what they're, what they're getting there. And he's pushed down some other players, younger players, on the depth chart on the right side, to less stressful minutes. So I think it's a win-win all around over there in Boston, and I really like this addition. And uh, he could be a solid pickup in fantasy, I think. Yeah, you know, I kind of poo-pooed this acquisition by the Bruins, but Stemtax making me eat my words so far. Uh, as you mentioned, six points uh, plus four rating in five games so far as a Bruin playing first-line minutes. And interestingly, he's done that while seeing basically zero power play time. Uh, if he were to work his way into some power play minutes, uh, you know, you could see how he could definitely sustain this production. I'm not sure how sustainable it is right now. I'm I'm still gonna poo-poo Stepniak just a little bit. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna stick with him though because I like I like what he's done in the last two seasons. He's uh, kind of rediscovered and redisplayed his uh, high-end offensive skills. He's one of the quicker guys uh, for for a 33-year-old. He can still motor and. Uh, He's got a one-way one-way uh, look about the way he plays the game. Not too much attention to detail on the defensive side, but he's well insulated by a guy like Bergeron, who's a perennial candidate for the Selkie Award. Now, there's a spell check requirement on the next lane, name. It's Michael Furland. He spells his name M-I-C-H-E-A-L instead of A-E-L. I uh, just thought I'd point that out for the linguistics in the a, a good idea to learn how to read and write before naming your children, everyone. <laughs> And uh, he he uh, fills in for the departure of Yuri Hoodler, who went in the trade deadline to Florida. That opened up a right-wing spot on the Flames' top line next to Johnny Hockey and Sean Monaghan. And Furland, you know, he hasn't found the range in terms of points yet, but he's going to give these guys a little more room because uh, if you remember what he did in the playoffs last year, Andrew, that's what this guy was all about. He was a high-energy guy, and he was hitting everything that moved and had uh, opponents on their toes. And I think that's going to buy a lot of space for uh, Godreau and Monaghan, and that's why I kind of look forward to seeing what he might be able to produce, and it might be an eye-opening uh, experience. Yeah, in, in a regular season situation, I think, um, again, unless unless your league is counting hits where he's been a, a terrific contributor, uh, I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot out of Furland. Uh, 
it, it's kind of almost worse uh, to see extra ice time as a guy who's kind of a, a fringe player in Calgary for a, a team that gives up a lot of goals. You end up with a, a bad plus minus as he has this year, a minus 13. A lot of that having uh, come recently over the last uh, you know like three weeks or so. Well, uh, let's shift gears to a guy who's more highly re- regarded offensively, and he's getting a chance in Dallas, uh, Valerie Nachushkin. We touted this guy in our preseason uh, preview with, when looking at the stars. He looked like he was going to get first-line minutes with Messrs. Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, and uh, that opportunity has come his way again after a slow start and being relegated to a depth role. Yeah, and uh, Nachushkin is a guy who we, you know, it's on again, off again, a love affair <laughs> that we have with this guy, where it seems, and it seems like the stars have the same thing, where he works his way into a big role, and then he kind of disappears for a minute, and then he's back, and then he disappears again, and now he's back, he's sitting there on the second line, uh, not doing a, a whole ton offensively in recent games, uh, has missed the score sheet in four of the last five, but uh, if you go back to before that, he's been hitting him with, with relative consistency. Yeah, what I like there is we've seen a spike in his shots on goal. He's got 22 shots on goal in the last eight games. You mentioned he's got a few points, three goals and two assists. I think we're seeing starting to see a little bit better hockey out of him, and maybe he'll make it stick this time, this opportunity on the first line. Certainly a chance that he should grab with both hands. Yeah, speaking uh, of the drinking age, he just reached that a week ago. <laughs> so he's a young guy with a ton of upside and a, a great stash candidate and maybe a guy that can help down the stretch uh, even this year. One other guy who fits that same mold in terms of age and, and profile is Gustav Nyquist in Detroit, Andrew. This guy, after potting 55 goals in the last two years, struggled early on this season, was relegated to third-line uh, minutes, and uh, only recently has he uh, been playing a little bit better and earning more playing time. He's on a five-game point-scoring streak right now and coincidentally has worked his ba- way back into a top-six role once again as well as uh, first-line power play minutes. So if you drop this guy early on, uh, it might be time to take a look at him, in my opinion. Uh, he's got a ton of skill. Detroit needs him because they're floundering a little bit, and uh, they need some uh, uh, scoring injection to to entertain a 25th straight year in the playoffs. Yeah, it's nice to see Nyquist work his way back into uh, into relevance for the Red Wings too. This guy I've always liked, a guy that they brought along, you know, as they they tend to uh, when you're not named Dylan Larkin, uh, brought along very gradually through the minor leagues, uh, really allowed him time to develop. And I thought that once he arrived on the scene, you know, a couple of years ago, put up 48 points in 57 games. Last year, cleared 54 50 points for the first time. Uh, I really thought that we were going to see him take off. Uh, it hasn't quite worked out like that, but I, I still think that you got to love the, the long-term potential of Nyquist and the, the down-the-stretch potential as well. And what a, this next guy in Edmonton is uh, headed for last chance saloon, I think. Zach Cassian, <laughs> Zach Cassian Andrew, is uh, probably running out of chances to prove himself as another skilled big man in the NHL. But he couldn't ask for a better opportunity in his current situation, which finds him about ready to audition with Connor McDavid and Taylor Hall on the, on the Oilers' top line. At the very least, this guy is going to be uh, similar to Furland in giving uh, opponents pause to take liberties with these two stars. And with the additional room that they should get, he ought to benefit in terms of uh, seeing his name in the scoring summary a little more often. Yeah, it is odd for, for me, though, to see them separating Jordan Eberle from Connor McDavid like I that. Agree. I agree. I that seems like a, a bizarre move. Yeah. Uh, I, know I haven't watched uh, as much Oilers as, you know, Coach has, but it still seems uh, seems odd. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I really liked the fit between McDavid and Everly. They were magical uh, right away. It, it seemed like as soon as they put them on the ice together. And uh, news out there uh, in Edmonton also says that uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is about ready to join that lineup. So we might see uh, a bit more change in, in the top six out there. But in the meantime, Cassian would be well advised to, like I said, make it, take advantage, full advantage of this opportunity. It might be the last one he gets in Edmonton, and uh, as I say, he's running a lot of chances, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm wondering what they're going to do when Nugent Hopkins returns, because you've got McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, who have really uh, established themselves on that on those first and second line center positions, and you know, Nugent Hopkins is a center, yeah, they can move one of these guys, maybe him, maybe Dreisaitl, uh, to the wing, it's definitely not going to be McDavid, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> you can make a safe bet on that. I, I think that's a very... Th- Keen uh, eye that you, keen thought that you made because I, I think uh, you're going to see a move there in the summertime. I don't think there's room for the all the pivots that they've got up there, and and they fi- they really need to address the defense or or bolster their goaltending a little bit. Certainly, they made a ca- commitment to Cam Talbot, but I think they would like to even upgrade there if they could. But the the key thing is they need to do something about their blue line, and maybe one of these uh, carrots gets dangled in the off season. So it'd be interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, in Minnesota, uh, Charlie Coyle has been a bit of a newsmaker, in my opinion, Andrew. He's one of these forwards. I'm a numbers guy, and even he looks funny wearing number three as a forward. i got to say that's one <laughs> thing I noticed. He's on a team that has a, a number of higher-profile players, but he's found himself playing top-line top, top line minutes, and he is the top scorer in in Minnesota right now. A, a lot of people would lose a bet if they tried to pick one out uh, of that roster without knowing. He's got 21 goals so far this year. That's a career high, and yet it's only translated into like 20, 29% ownership in CBS leagues that I looked at the other day. He's a low-maintenance guy who's worked his way up to this top line, and, uh, and he's producing, uh, and it's well-founded because he's got a career high in shots on goal as, a, as well as a career-best shooting percentage, so I say ride the hot horse here. Yeah, and if you're the Wild, you've got to feel extra happy about Coyle because if not for this, they would have really gotten hosed in that Brent Burns trade. Absolutely. Uh, Coyle's the only good thing they got out of that, and then even even if he continues to develop into a solid NHLer, as I think he will, uh, a legitimate top six player, uh, they, they've lost that trade running away. Absolutely. Now, uh, a little closer to home, with all the changes in Toronto, I'm looking out to see what T.J. Brennan does in a late-season call-up situation. This guy, Andrew, I don't know if you've been following the AHL stats. He's a monster in the American Hockey League. He's like the Brett Burns of the AHL uh, with 22 goals, I believe, and he's over 50 points, and yet he has never managed to get a lengthy look uh, in the Leafs' uh, NHL lineup. He looks like he's going to get that shot because they've been decimated with injuries along the blue line. And I'm very curious to see. I think he is going to be very comfortable playing with a lot of his Marley teammates up here. They're going to be rotating a number of forwards in and out, but he's going to get a long look, I think. And uh, we're going to see if those offensive totals uh, translate at the NHL level. Yeah, Brennan is a guy who, if you happened to play in a fantasy AHL league two years ago and you owned him, uh, you probably won uh, when he put up a uh, <laughs> 25 goals and 72 points and and 115 penalty minutes from the blue line that year. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's been a guy who hasn't managed to break in, as you mentioned, at the NHL level, only 12 points in 46 games, quite the far cry uh, from those sorts of numbers. And, and at this point, he's not a, not really a spring chicken. Uh, next month, he's going to turn 27 years old. So uh, the time is running out for T.J. Brennan. And, uh, you know, you look at him, you see a guy with obviously a great offensive talent, 
Uh, he has NHL size. Uh, so uh, what's missing from his game is, uh, I think, an, an open question still as, as he tries to establish himself in the NHL. Yeah, the only thing I see is maybe a lack of defensive uh, defensive acumen, I think, is, has held him back, if, if I read that right. Uh, in Nashville, uh, lesser known uh, member than some of the guys that have stepped forward in the last little while, Callie Yarncrock, uh, Andrew, is the newest audition for the second, uh, the left wing spot on the Predators' top line, that would get him ice time with flashy line mates Ryan Johansson and James Neal. He's slated to get that gig for the next little while. This is, this is a guy that has paid a little bit of attention to defensive detail. Maybe look, they're looking for a conscience that way on this unit. What say you, you about his uh, his chances going forward? Yeah, Yarncroc has been a guy who uh, I think he splits the opinions, uh, has split the opinions traditionally of prospect experts. Where you see some guys will... Uh, will pimp him up, and others will uh, drive the, the stock back down. Uh, I've never been a big Yarncroc guy. I think that his uh, his offensive abilities are a little bit too marginal. Uh, he's just never going to be a, a big-time contributor. But uh, I, you know, if, if you, I, I'm open to being convinced otherwise by him or by you. Well, all the guys on this list are, that I'm putting out are guys that I wrote, wrote write about in uh, an article that's going to appear on our website tomorrow from the past press box, and these guys... I've looked at them all. They're, cha- they're changing into better situations than they were coming from, and their recent production has led them this way. So I feel good about all the picks, better than you uh, so far, it seems. <laughs> in a few. Uh, over in Ottawa, we swing out uh, to the Canadian capital and see that Jack Smith, uh, Zach Smith, a uh, left winger with the, the Sens, has got a career-high 19 goals on, on the season, and he's getting a, a bit of a lengthy look on the first line there. It's also worth noting that he's a special teams uh, monster for these guys. He's got four goals on the power play and four goals while the team is shorthanded. He's currently on a five-game point streak and uh, looks like he should be owned in more than 18% of leagues out there based on his profile on the team and his recent production, in my opinion. Yeah, Zach Smith is a, an interesting case. Because you had a guy here, uh, a career-high 19 goals already, uh, just kind of out of nowhere. We're talking about a guy who's put up, uh, over the last uh, 10 games, uh, a point-per-game pace when he had never exceeded 26 points in a, in his career. And and that's just, uh, I think, wild. And you look at, of course, the, the shooting percentage, and you say, okay, this guy's getting a little bit lucky. Uh, 19.8 shooting percentage is about four times uh, last year's and uh, call it about three times his career rate. Uh, so we'll we'll see some regression there with Jack Smith. But while he's seeing first line minutes, you know, and especially if you've got a format that counts hits and penalty minutes, uh, he's giving you a well-rounded fantasy line right now. Well, and and uh, similar situation maybe to a couple of earlier p- players that I mentioned, more known for their feist as opposed to their scoring ability, is uh, Scott Wilson in Pittsburgh. He's uh, got to be the most surprised guy in, in Pennsylvania to get the first, <laughs> first line left wing minutes with Sidney Crosby, who is uh, on fire and playing like Sidney Crosby should uh, and how we know he plays. So he's got that uh, plum assignment in his last 11 games to show you how, how good it's turned out for Wilson. He's got five goals. Uh, that's all he's got on the season, but he's got them in the last 11 games. He's playing up to 16 minutes uh, alongside uh, the young man uh, from uh, out east in Canada, and uh, he's also got veteran sniper Patrick Hornquist on the right side. So that's that's going to be a potent line, and it looks like Wilson really wants to be a part of it. You see Wilson sticking on that first line. Uh, we right now on Rotowire, we've got Chris Kunitz occupying that first line spot. 
and uh, I think Carl Hagelin going to come back and play with uh, Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel once he's over his undisclosed injury, which may or may not be a concussion. Well, I, I think they've they've certainly put him in there to last a little while, and and that that was a late change in information on the RotoWire depth chart, and it's very important that you very good that you mentioned that because we at RotoWire are very proud of that page and and updated constantly. It got updated during the course of this show even because I I went on the site before the show came up and. Uh, he was listed at left wing, but I guess they got more recent news. But uh, he's earned the right to stay in that top six mix just because of the recent production. So I, I think he's going to still get some time there. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, they are still mixing and matching there. Now, uh, there's only one goalie on this list, and I pumped his tires all year long in Toronto. And now he's over in San Jose. We're talking about James Reimer for a moment. Uh, he was a top ranked, top 10 ranked goalie in save percentage, along with a very respectable 2.49 goals against average in 32 appearances with the Leafs before he was dealt to the Sharks. And in his second appearance out in, in San Jose, he earned a shutout against uh, Edmonton the other night and looked good for for that effort as well. He's playing behind a much more uh, uh, disciplined team and figures to be an interesting and inexpensive option in daily fantasy going forward but just because of some of the matchups he might get Andrew and, and I think you want to keep your eye out to see because uh, he'll, he'll spell Martin Jones against some of the lesser teams and uh, I don't think you'll see the the uh, shot totals be too high against him and he has every chance to pick up a few easy wins down the stretch. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, great move to target uh, Reimer in deeper or daily formats. Uh, whenever Martin Jones gets a day off, uh, the Sharks are continuing to battle for a playoff position there in the Western Conference. Uh, so I think that Jones is going to see a large majority of the action. But whenever Reimer is out there, uh, a really strong play. And uh, what about Alex Kalorn out in Tampa? Back to the forwards for a moment. His overall stats line, Andrew, is is going to – not going to excite uh, fantasy owners because he's only got 34 points in 66 games, but a closer look reveals that he's counted nine of those points in his last 12 outings since he was elevated to the top line, a place where he's been with Steven Stankos before and, and Ryan Callahan manning the right flank. This has become a very potent line, and, and it's kind of been instrumental in uh, the, the Lightning's 9-3 uh, and three record in the last 12 games. Yeah, as secondary scores go, uh, Killorn's a, a very decent one, uh, especially once he's... Yeah, as you say, reunited with Steven Stamkos, they've made magic together. They've been, I don't know if they've been exactly making magic now, but uh, they, they've certainly been making an, enough things happen to keep Killorn in that lineup, although he has gone a little bit uh, cold in the, over the last five games. Uh, I'd like to see him pick that back up lest he find himself kicked off that first line left wing that, position. That, that's a good point. You know, when you're a, a fill-in or a or a guy who's auditioning for a role, you got to keep it up on a lengthy basis. But I'm counting on the fact that he's been there before, he's getting the shot again, and they're into the stretch drive, and, and things are going well for the team. So you tend not to move the rosters around too much when things are going that way. One final name on that list is Andre Burakowski in Washington. For the last few years, the Caps have been predominantly a one-line team that we've talked about uh, where they get the bulk of their offense. But this season, they've developed a very credible second unit, which features a growing chemistry between Burakovsky and Evgeny Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov, actually, Andrew, as you know, is leading this club in scoring. But Burakovsky's really picked up his pace since being put on this unit. In, in the last 32 games, he's got 24 of his 33 points on the season. So he is owned, And he's owned in less than half the fantasy leagues out there. I guess the story needs to be told a little, little louder, but this guy looks legit on the second unit with one of the more dynamic uh, breakout players uh, in the NHL as his center right now. 
Yes, uh, the the team that plays in the capital of the United States is filled with Russian stars. <laughs> There's uh, something that doesn't sound right. by those Russian stars. Uh, it's it's all a tribute to the merits of communism. <laughs> Although, of course, uh, Burkowski is, was born in Austria. He still got the name, and that's good enough for me. All right. Now, one guy who there's a bit of a cloud of mystery that's been lifted over is uh, Jonathan Drouin. You you want to talk about him? Uh, go right ahead, and I'll fill in right after you. Yeah, I think uh, we're we owe it to Jonathan Drouin to talk about him because we've covered uh, every stage of his saga uh, throughout this season so far. And uh, this Monday, he was reinstated from his suspension—a surprise move, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Reinstated by Steve Eiserman, reported to AHL Syracuse, uh, where he is uh, uh, presumably practicing and playing in games again. And uh, I think this is a smart move for both sides here. Uh, Eiserman said that Joanne gave him a call after the trade deadline, said that uh, he was going, he wanted to stay with the organization, he wanted to get back out on the ice, and that's what's happened. I don't know if it's going, if it means that he's necessarily going to have a long-term role. With uh with the lightning because this could just be a, a situation where it's it's kind of a win win for both sides here, where the lightning get to showcase Duran, uh in the AHL maybe in the NHL if he proves himself down there, uh, while the player of course gets himself gets to play and uh, and to sort of combat that perception that that he's sort of started to establish that he's a locker room cancer or that that he's not uh, that he's a guy who you know gives up when the going gets tough. You know what, and and you're right on in, in your assessment there. He needs to play to show that he has the skill that has been highlighted in him since he was a kid uh, at the draft. He was a high pick, but uh, all the press about him this year has been mostly negative, and he has to shed that. He has to get back on the ice and position himself. Can you imagine if they suffer a couple of injuries, they'll need to call this guy up in the playoffs. What better stage to showcase himself for the benefit of, his, of the advancement of his career and possibly getting traded out of Tampa because that still remains a very high probability. And uh, with the draft approaching in the next couple of weeks, he could be a really big piece and a big story around that draft situation. Uh, I don't see him sticking in Tampa. I think uh, Steve Eiserman is a very principled man, and, and when you cross him, you don't get a second chance too often, if I read him right. So I think Drouin needs to do this just for the, the sake of preserving his uh, chances of uh, improving his chances of advancing his career in the short term. But there's a, there's a few other names that uh, are of high impact, and uh, but they're on the sideline, Andrew, and we've got to address a few of these guys on the injured list to talk about what their situation is. Uh, let's talk about Marian Hosa over in Chicago. He's got a leg injury right now. It's caused him to miss nine games, and uh, he still may be out for a little while. Uh, are you concerned about him uh, going forward? What are you hearing? I think from a down-the-stretch perspective, it seems like Hosa has been – you know, sort of in that position where, oh, he might return this game, he might return this game. Uh, you know, the latest one was uh, was yesterday's game, which, of course, he did not return for. But just the fact that we're talking about these potential returns uh, for Hosa means that I think he, he is getting close to returning. Uh, I, I can't, can't couldn't tell you an official timeline because we haven't heard one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's back out there in the Blackhawks next game or two. 
Well, and a little closer to your home, Jake Voracek has been out with lower body injury, and that's played havoc with the top six in Philadelphia. But Not to mention late, my fantasy team. The latest that we've heard on him is that he's expected to be back in the lineup on Tuesday of next week when they face the Detroit Red Wings. So he's missing a couple more games before he gets back on the ice. It looks like they're going to finish up a road swing and then let him uh, debut back at home. Uh, and, and very likely he'll get the top six line opportunity, maybe even uh, number one unit with Claude Giroux, so it's going to be important to see. Keep an eye on that situation to see where he fits in. Yeah, if we use drops on this show, I would have someone of uh, uh, have one of someone just uh, saying, uh, "Thank the baby Jesus, <laughs> Jake Voracek back on the ice because my team uh, needs him. Get back out there, Jake. Uh, feel better. Uh, well, get you a get well card, maybe some flowers, <laughs> whatever you need, buddy." Well, another team that you need to see good news from is is your own, your favorite club, the Rangers, and their goalie, Henrik Lundqvist. What can you tell us about his situation with the neck spasms? Well, if you watched uh, the game where Lundqvist uh, suffered that injury after getting uh, plowed into uh, and then flipping the net, which was one of the more dramatic uh, and, and hilarious that. moments of this NHL season, uh, yeah, he was not too happy about that. Uh, ended up, I think, coming out of that game. and But... Uh, He's supposed to be back. Antiranta started the last uh, three or four games to the Rangers, but Lundqvist expected back to start on Saturday. So good news to Rangers fans, good news for fantasy owners alike. There you go. And speaking of fantasy games, we have been introducing the possibility of playing FanDuel to our listeners every night. And uh, we put together lineups for tonight's game. Andrew, why don't you take the lead chair and uh, uh, we'll compare notes here. Absolutely. Let's start out by saying, of course, uh, FanDuel is the place to play daily fantasy sports for real money, easy to build a team, pick your players, stand to the salary cap, sit back and watch them win. Entry fees start at just $1, and anyone can play. Let's talk about FanDuel lineups, because we both put one together tonight. It's a, it's a weird night in the league. Uh, six games only on a Thursday, a little bit of a light slate. Uh, not a lot of... Extremely advantageous matchups. We have some teams that are playing that are kind of on the poorer side. Uh, you've got Ottawa is, is not a very good team in, going into Florida against a good team. You've got the Oilers, uh, n- not a good road team heading into Minnesota. You've got the Devils going across the country, which I always think is a, a tough position for, for any team, especially it seems like the East Coast teams seem to suffer from that more than the West Coast teams do Definitely. going across. Uh, and so we've got a few interesting matchups there, but uh, but a, a tough night. And, and let's start in goal, because the prices in goal are, are very clustered for, for today's starters. You've got a, a lot of them uh, sitting up at the top of the list there. I went a little lower. I, I try to find value in goal. It's a, a risky proposition always. But uh, I, I went in and took Robin Leonard uh, starting in Montreal tonight against uh, a, a Canadian team that doesn't do a whole lot of scoring. I love that pick just because of the way Montreal's floundering. Ottawa's uh, Buffalo's playing pretty free and easy, Andrew. So I think you got a good value pick there. I went kind of the other way, and I looked at the matchups and thinking, who do I feel most confident about with given the matchups tonight? And I liked what ha- what's set up in Florida. I took uh, Roberto Luongo, eighty five hundred bucks. Uh, hosting the Ottawa Senators. This is a team that will trade chances. They lead the league in allowing shots on goal, while Florida plays a much more disciplined game. I'm counting on discipline to to, uh, win out tonight, and uh, I hope that uh, Luongo has an easy victory. I think that it's a a good possibility tonight, in my opinion. So let's move on to the defenseman here, then. Okay. 
Uh, and I I did mine. I tried to stay away because I, I really don't trust the savers very much. But uh, I do like to find cheap value on the blue line. And so I did use uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. Only 3,800 tonight, I think, uh, a terrific value yeah, against a Montreal well. team that's you know, not very good defensively. Uh, and then for the other one, uh, I think another uh, full points for value for Aaron Ekblad, only 4,400 against an Ottawa team that I believe leads the NHL in shots allowed per game on the road. Exactly. So uh, a nice situation to rule out Ekblad in your fantasy lineups as well. well I, I spent a little more money on the blue line looking at two uh, well-known names. Uh, R- Ryan Suter in Minnesota, he he hosts the Edmonton Oilers. Minnesota's one of the toughest teams on home ice in, around the league. This guy plays upwards of 30 minutes a game. In fact, he has the most 30-plus minutes uh, played in, in games over the last couple of seasons. So I figure if he's going to be on the ice more than half the games, Minnesota's going to score a few goals. He'll be a part of the action there. And then I went with the Montreal Canadiens uh, Resident superstar P.K. Subban coming in at $5,800. I think that's cheap for him, very cheap considering Buffalo's the opposition. He's going to get launch some bombs from the blue line, and I think at least one's going to go in. And uh, I think I, I think you got to capitalize. When a superstar gets the price that low, I'm going to be all over it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's go down the middle where uh, I'm sure we'll find some, some variety here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got... I, I, this is another place where I kind of looked for value. I rolled a, a cheaper guy in Jordan Stahl, 5,300. Uh, I think he's been really really doing well on the top line for Carolina, uh, especially since Eric's been traded. Uh, it's very much uh, the focal point of what that team does on offense. And the the Bruins, it must be noted, are one of the worst, uh, among, among the playoff teams, one of the worst teams at home. Uh, they have a losing record at home. Uh, Tuka Rask's numbers at home uh, far below those on the road. So uh, you could take advantage of these Bruins, I think, right now at TD Garden. And uh, so I'm rolling him out. And, uh, and then I went a little bit pricier for the other one, and I, I went with Alexander Barkov. Uh, again, we're taking advantage of that uh, high-volume, potentially high-volume matchup against the Senators. You know what, Andrew? I'm, I'm thrilled that we don't rehearse this part of the show at all, and we don't have any names in common. That's, that's great because it, it really is good uh, food for discussion. Uh, I went with uh, a couple of guys that are wielding hot sticks and piling up the points most recently. Again, in Montreal, Alex Galchenyuk is on the first line with uh, Gallagher and Pacioretty, and uh, he's been really lighting up. Pacioretty has never seen Galchenyuk uh, focused like this and playing with this uh, at this level, so for fifty nine hundred bucks, I'm buying in tonight. And uh, Jumbo Joe is a little more expensive, sixty seven hundred bucks. But that Sharks team is really rolling, and, and he's been pouring uh, it on too. And, and he's been pouring it on too. So I looked at the guys that were uh, really rolling offensively and spent a little money in the middle of the ice tonight. Yeah, I went with the other Joe uh, in San Jose as we shift to the the right wing, uh, Joe Pavelski, um, the highest priced player on my team tonight at eighty one hundred. Uh, again, taking advantage of a New Jersey team that not only is on the West Coast, but also has an injured Corey Schneider, uh, probably going to be ruling out Keith Kincaid, the backup there. I think a, a really opportune moment, especially especially because you're going up against a Sharks team that's coached by Pete DeVore, who knows a lot of these devils from last year. That's right. So you should be able to exploit, exploit them, you would think. I went with two guys that we've spoken about earlier in the show are on my wings. I'll talk about one of them now. On the right side, Charlie Coyle, 4700 bucks, a tremendous value because I've already said he's playing first-line minutes in Minnesota. 
underrated and undervalued in all levels of fantasy, but I'm taking a shot at him tonight to pad on that season-high goal total, which is already in the 20-plus range. And uh, interesting point to note, he's also one guy that will be out in the late part of the game as a defensive specialist, and he's got his share of empty net goals on the season. That's not something you should overlook because uh, there's a lot of teams that are pulling the goal even with three minutes left and they're down two or three goals. He'll be on the ice in, in a late-game situation for sure against Ottawa, and he might even get an empty netter or two tonight. Uh, the other winger... Uh, uh, that I picked is Mark Stone. I've liked this guy ever since I've seen him join the NHL a couple of years ago. Fits the profile that I speak of over and over at $6,000 playing top six minutes. He's a power play guy in Ottawa, and uh, that unit is run by Carlson and Phaneuf on the blue line. So it could be very potent at times, and I think they'll get a shot. That's their best shot to score tonight against Roberto Longo and the, and the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I've, that's another situation where I'm on the opposite side of that matchup because I've got Yaramir Yager in there at 5,700. Uh, you know, the ageless wonder. Uh, there's almost never a, a bad night to roll him out. Uh, he's been very consistent lately. What about on your port side? On my port side, yes, we've covered the starboard. Now we're moving over to nautical terms. Excellent. Uh, this, this game, <laughs> after all, is played on frozen water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I spent a little money on there on the left side. Uh, you know, it is, again, a light slate, so there aren't a whole lot of expensive options out there. I've got the fourth and sixth most expensive left wings, uh, and that's Taylor Hall and Zach Parisi. Uh, two guys facing off against each other tonight. I, I think this, there's going to be goals scored on both sides of that matchup. Uh, and, and, of course, you got to like uh, anyone going up against uh, any kind of Edmonton goalie on the road. That's true, and uh, I I took a look at the Buffalo Sabres. This is a team that, uh, you know, they're at the bottom of the league in the standings, uh, not going to be a playoff team, but I start, they're starting to get some pieces together, and I really like the makeup of their front line, which features Evander Kane on the left side, and he's got great company because he's got Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt, two of the top picks in the last couple of drafts, working with him. I think that's got the chance to be a real potent unit for a long time, and right now they're playing power play minutes, together they're playing first line minutes together and i think he's going to get ample opportunity to pad his stats against a shaky montreal team that you highlighted in one of your early comments comes in at 6700 bucks then the other guy that i highlighted in our earlier segment was zach smith we talked about his season high in goals and shots and he's for 5600 dollars. i think that's a pretty decent value and a nice play against the panthers tonight yeah while he's getting uh, those top line minutes uh, he makes a, a nice value play in daily formats and uh, if you'd like to try your own hand getting those, uh, you know, putting together a winning NHL lineup, go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use the code RWPOD and sign up right now. Uh, there's a special offer for new users. You get a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription with a $25 deposit. So not only will you be able to play FanDuel, but you'll also be able to use our great advice, including our exclusive lineup calculator, uh, which personally I never use. Because <laughs> we are the great ones. That's right. We are we're our own lineup calculators, but uh, not everyone can be us. Uh, not everyone can uh, put together as many disappointing FanDuel lineups as I do. <laughs> but uh, over sixty dollars in value for twenty five dollars if you go to FanDuel.com. Use the code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. And how about, Andrew, giving us your plug for RotoWire? You're much more fluent with what, what this great company does than I, so please take that. Let's, uh, let's save it for the end. Let's, let's get, get a little okay. stun and rant in. All right. Let's, let's okay. not uh, overburden our listeners with 
Okay. Too many, too much advertising content. I know. Uh, okay, no worries. Our show is so commercial these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's swing into the stud of the week and the rant of the week. I looked at who were the hot shooters in the past week, and uh, I was a bit surprised to find Brett Burns up there for San Jose, a defenseman. But uh, he's been on uh, every fantasy team that I could put in for my season-long uh, deals. And look at the stats line, 24 goals, 20, 36 uh, assists, 23 of those points on the power play, and a stunning 284 shots on goal, which is also rewarded in FanDuel lineups. So uh, I think it's important to point that out. He gets a lot of shots on goal almost every night. And he's tied his career high with 60 points already. Andrew, I know that in recent years, it's the high-scoring D-man who competes for the Norris Trophy. But even with that, Burns has never been in the middle of that discussion. And he hasn't been even that much this year. Somehow, he just doesn't get his due uh, as a, a high-scoring, one of the most dominant defensive players in the league. Maybe it's the function of playing on the left coast. I don't know. But I've been watching this guy very closely in the late games. And I can tell you that he's been a, a noticeable element to every single broadcast of the Sharks games and over the last seven games as I said he leads the entire league with three goals and three assists. Yeah I think you can't say that it's the, the left coast because uh, certainly Drew Doughty doesn't get any shortage of credit for his contributions. But he hasn't won yet either and see he's getting a little bit of talk this year about it, uh, the Norris candidate uh, candidacy and I think he's been nominated in the past. This year I think he's going to be the guy that wins it to be honest with you. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's a strong argument to be made that Burns is an M the MVP of the Sharks, uh, and and maybe in in that vein, uh, someone who should be considered in the running for the MVP of the entire league. I don't know if that team is anywhere near where they are today without Brent Burns putting up a, a already a career high 24 goals and career high tying 60 points in 66 games from the blue line. Uh, yeah, I mean Eric Carlson has been great, but the the Senators aren't a particularly good team. Uh, you know, uh, we do tend to think about uh, in terms of wins and losses when we look at these uh, MVP candidates. And I think that Brent Burns uh, is an under-the-radar MVP candidate. I, I'd like to think so. I mean, like I said, I notice this guy every every time he plays, and you can't say that about too many players. Even the superstars in the NHL have the odd off night. I just haven't seen it from this guy since I've been focusing on him. One other area where I focused, and it is the rant of the week this week, Andrew, and that is, when uh, an incident, I don't know if you caught it, again, it was one of these late-night games when Darnell Nurse jumped Roman Pollock after a very minor incident with another Oiler teammate. It looked, maybe it looked like to, to Nurse like uh, Pollock ran over the Oiler player, but they had a very minimal contact situation. The, the Oiler player stumbled and he fell into the boards. Well, on his way back to the bench, Pollock was mugged by Nurse in the most vicious way that I've seen any anybody attack another player in a long time, and he proceeded to pummel Pollock, who didn't even take his gloves off, and somehow was assessed a five-minute major. That should have been five minutes for receiving, in my opinion, and Nurse is facing extra discipline, and he should be. It was a, It's a, an ugly display, something you don't expect to see, uh, no matter how vicious hockey games get. This was an ugly act, and, and the young man needs to step up and, and really realize that he went a little bit too far here. Yeah, and there's uh, slammed, slapped with a three-game suspension after that. Uh, I think the best description for it would be a mugging. He, it was a mugging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, there's no no reason to do that. But you're you know you're a young player. You're playing for a, a going nowhere team. Uh, you're frustrated. You you know, you see your teammates get roughed up. Uh, you overreact. Uh, nothing that I think will damage the career of Darnell Nurse, but uh, this should be a learning experience for him as he matures and uh, grows into being an NHL defenseman. 
That's well said, Andrew. And uh, you want to take a shot of that Rotowire uh, plug? No, I guess we might as well. We're here, so, uh, you know, what else do we have to do? <laughs> so uh, if you missed out on the opportunity to get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire uh, by signing up for FanDuel, or maybe you, you're just already on FanDuel, you can't sign up again, go to rotowire.com slash pod. You can get a free 10-day subscription to Rotowire, see what it's all about, check out our great content. I've been personally very recently using our custom auction values for baseball. I uh, used it uh, yesterday as a guideline as I did a really cool uh, CBS uh, Industry League draft. Uh, bizarre draft, as, as expert drafts always are, but this is a, a hockey podcast. I won't go too much into that. Plenty of good baseball content. Uh, we've got hockey content. We'll be bringing you some playoff content this year, too. I think uh, one of the first years that we're really rolling out fantasy hockey content in the playoffs Football season, before you know it, is going to be here. Your Rotowire subscription will help you win titles in all the sports, and that includes if you play fantasy soccer, fantasy cricket. Uh, these things exist, and if you like them, you can go to rotowire.com slash pod, sign up for that free 10-day trial, check out all of Rotowire's great content, check out our other podcasts besides the great ones, rotowire.com slash pod. It rocks. And, uh, Andrew, that's a wrap for yet another episode, our 21st. I'm going to go have a drink to celebrate. Uh, the great one <laughs> signing off for Rotowire's Hockey Podcast. For Andrew Fiorentino, I'm Paul Bruno, thanking you for giving us a listen once again and inviting you to come back and catch the next episode of our show next week. So long, everybody. Mm-hmm.